This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Miss Hannah Ferrier. Uh, Hi, how are you? What is going on? How are you and what is going on today in Sydney, Australia? Oh, just the normal hectic lifestyle of a working mom, I think. You are trapped in, right? This is true. I have friends in Australia. You guys still like under major lockdown or is that not? No, no, no. Oh. We're fine here in Sydney. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah are our parts of Australia locked down still or am I like a month or two behind? Do you know what? It is like, it's kind of sick. We're at the stage where we're like, it's every state for ourselves. Like if we're out, we don't care what the rest of the country's doing. <laughs> I don't even know where I have friends, but all I know is they tell me that they're still locked down and I'm like, oh my God. Wow. Yeah. So that's good that you're out and about. Well, your daughter, Ava, just turned one. So you have your hands full. Yes. How is that? We moved house, had her birthday and had my bachelorette all in one month. So that was fun. (laughs) Wow. So you're busy, right? Yes. What do you love best about motherhood? Oh, I think it's the little moments with her. I'm quite a chilled out, um, relaxed mother. Um, My husband's not. Uh, He's very much more, you know, he's kind of more strict than I am. So I just like hanging out with her. And I just think her little attitude and her personality is hilarious. So she's just started into the um, temper tantrum stage. And I kind of, she's got this thing where if she doesn't like something, she just puts her forehead on the ground and screams at the floor. And I just think it's so funny. So I just sit and laugh at her. (laughs) You're like, I'm just loving this. And your husband is more like, well, see, you say husband. So now you have me saying husband. I know, I know. You know, you did cause quite a stir when you, I mean, you said husband a few minutes ago. And you know, when you said it online the other day, everyone now thinks you're married. Yeah, no, I know. Well, you know what? I just go like between the baby and the mortgage, you're as good as married anyway. And I don't know. I don't really like the word fiance. It seems like it's a bit too like, I don't know, fancy or something. What is going on with your guys' wedding plans? Like, are you planning again? Or I know COVID threw a wrench and all that. Yeah. So we were going to just do, we were actually, we went up to Port Douglas between lockdowns and we were going to do like a little wedding up there until I realized that there's like paperwork. And I was like, I'm not doing paperwork on my holiday. So, and then we were going to get married March 5th here in Sydney. um, And then we bought the house and we've just had too much on. So, um, yeah, I just go. I don't really care at this point. We'll, we'll do it at some stage. Like once you're living together, mortgage, child, like, right. Does your fiance, was he the opposite? Is he like, let's go do this? No. Yeah. My mom. So my mom came up to help him when um, we had the bachelorette party and she's like, Shane, Hannah, he really wants to get married. I'm like, well, I don't have time right now. So <laughs> it's kind of the role reversal because I I was never one of those little girls that like dreamed about my wedding or anything like that. So I'm not too fast, but I think as well, like his family's over in Scotland. So I think it will be nice to kind of wait until the borders open and then they can come across. So if we were going to do the whole COVID thing, we would have had to have done it already. That's true. 
Well, this is a far cry from life on the water, right? Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, I know you've said this before, but are you really done? Are you, this is it? Yachting is, it's, it's, it's over for you? Um, well, I'm really enjoying right now because I feel like with my company, Ocean International, I can still be part of yachting and it's almost like I'm living vicariously through like my little ducklings who go off and go traveling and work on yachts and things like that. So it's really nice to be like at home, but still feel like you're part of the community. Um, and I think I've said it a few times before, if, you know, they've done Below Deck Australia, I know the captain on that. Um, and I love Lee. So if either of those two were ever stuck and needed me to come help, I would do it. But in terms of like working on a boat full time, that's a solid no. You're like, no, thanks. How is Ocean International going? I know Anastasia's involved. How is that going? It's going really well. Like, I feel like, you know, I think everyone thought I was a little bit crazy because I started my podcast and Ocean International when I was like seven months pregnant. So I was like, shouldn't you be like watching Netflix and eating ice cream or something? Like, why are you working so much? But it's been amazing because I feel like, you know, I think that a lot of women gloss over the fact that being a mother, especially this first year, is very repetitive. It can be, you know, a little bit boring when you're just living the same day, day after day. So the fact that I can still work from home and, you know, I've got something other than just Ava is really nice. And I feel like for someone like me, it makes me a better mother, a better partner, a better friend. Like, obviously, you know, it's a bit tiring and things like that. So you can get a little bit grumpy, but let's be honest, I'm a bit grumpy anyway. So. And let's be honest, you're used to doing a lot of things at once, right? Yeah. Well, we've all watched your journey on Below Deck throughout the years. Like, what would you say is like your high from the whole experience? You know, like, what's the positive um, to take away? I think it was, it was this amazing connection in season four when I filmed with Asia and Anastasia and Travis and Jack and stuff because we were actually in the south of France, which is where I've lived on and off for the past 10 years. So... I feel like that was like such a beautiful um, kind of collaboration because I was in a place that I was very comfortable. I'd always get my friends to like sneak out to the clubs when we were filming and stuff. So I could go and have cheeky little chats with them and have a cuddle and stuff. And then filming with that crew, I really enjoyed as well. So it was, was I think that was definitely, yeah, my kind of standout of the, of the season. And I assume that the low for you was at the end, how we saw it end for you. Yeah, probably. Um, I think I had a very hard season as well in season three um, uh, with uh, Conrad and all of that sort of stuff. So it was probably, yeah, a mix of the two. Well, the end, you know, there was so much said about it and like maritime law and Malia and how it all works but you know to me it's like I want to know like I know it's over but like how were you when that was going on like just mentally like did you kind of block it out did it not bother you I mean I know there's so much written about it but like or were you yeah. just like you know I'm being painted a certain way in the media and this is not okay yeah do you mean when it was happening or when it was airing well I guess both actually yeah so when it was happening, it was really hard, obviously, because I was in Mallorca um, and my partner was over here in uh, Australia. So and there were certain th like obligations that I needed to fulfill, but I wanted certain things. And so it was very it was a really crazy week. Um, and and of course, as well, like coming from Australia, that's like a 30, 35 hour trip. So we were constantly going like, does Josh jump on a plane and come over or is he going to get here and then I'm going to like be able to leave straight away. So that part was very stressful. And obviously as well, like not knowing how things are going to air is difficult as well because, you know, I obviously, it was like prescribed medication and I kind of knew that everyone knew about it. So it was this weird kind of, I think the hardest thing was that I felt like I didn't do anything wrong um, because 
you know, we've seen, I think on Lee's season with Kat, when she had anxiety medication and he was like, okay, is this prescribed? Yes. Okay, cool. Get on with your job kind of thing. Um, so I think the hardest thing was just coming to accept that the situation was out of my control. Um, but still being able to be okay with the fact that I felt like I hadn't done anything wrong that would, um, that deserved that kind of treatment, if that makes sense. Yeah. Were you, well, when it aired, was it, because I mean, that's a good point. I didn't really think about that. You've been on Bravo for a while and you watch mm. Bravo. So you know how it all works. Were yeah. you, was it worse when it aired? Like just of what you expected? Because, you know, we can paint a story a lot of ways on Bravo or was yeah. it better or pretty much what you expected? Um, it was pretty much what I expected. Yeah. And then how was that when it aired, when like, you know? Um, I feel like it was almost a bit of a blessing in disguise because I was actually like six months pregnant when it aired. So it was really good because I'm the type that's like, um, you know, like when I get stressed out, I like want a glass of wine. So that probably would have been like 15 weeks of whatever of stress. Whereas like, instead of having a glass of wine, I was going for long walks and um, you know, arranging the nursery and getting excited and stuff like that. So I feel like it was a blessing in disguise to have it air during that period. Um, but the it was really lovely to see the amount of support. I think that people got kind of pissed off because they've aired my anxiety. I've spoken about my anxiety. It wasn't something that was hidden. And it was like, obviously, you know, production and Sandy and everyone knew that I had medication. So it was this kind of technicality that Sandy got me on, which was, I think, kind of what pissed people off. It's like, if somebody's like having, like they've had an anxiety attack, maybe don't ask them how they are instead of like firing them with a camera in their face, you know? Yes. And I mean, I feel... I mean, I would say 98% of the people were kind of in your corner on that. I mean, yeah. I don't read all the comments, but that's the gist of what I got. Yeah, no, definitely. There was a lot of support. And I think a lot of people as well, like, especially from the, the anxiety attack they aired in season three, like I had a lot of people reach out going, I had no idea that other people got physical symptoms from anxiety um, and you've made me feel less alone. Like watching you have the same physical symptoms I had like made me realize that I'm not crazy or like this can happen to anyone kind of thing. So I think from that side of things, it was really good because even if you just help, you know, a handful of people realize that they're not alone, then that's something, you know? Totally. I mean, I can imagine that your DMs were filled with people. Yeah. My only, like, the sad thing was I, I was like, I want to, like, respond to everyone, but you just can't, so. It's so not possible. Were you, so once you get through, like, that and helping everyone, were you more upset about the fact, like, of how you were painted, you know, like, by certain media outlets as, you know, like, doing drugs, even though we all know that that's not the case? Or were you more, like, was any part of you upset about the show that, like, you know, we all saw how it ended, like, you know, it yeah. wasn't, but was it like, oh, this is such a way to go out on my legacy, if that makes any sense, even though you know you did nothing wrong and like, yeah. we all know watching, was it like, what a way to end my personal legacy or you didn't even care yeah. about that, you're like, it's, it's I think over. I was kind of fine with however at the end, I got really frustrated at the reunion because it was like, you would think for something that was so delicate and that had caused so much controversy that there would have been like a lot of organization behind it. But the way it was with the reunion, like it, it's like I can kind of go up against like Sandy or Malia or someone like that. But if Andy's being told things by production, um, then I can't really go against that. So it, it was aired very differently than we filmed at the reunion. He was like, you know, you never provided a prescription. And I was like, well, I did. I Like, it was on the box, firstly. <laughs> and the actual letter from my doctor was sent to production two hours after I left the boat. And he's like, well, no, it wasn't. And I was like, well, I've got it on my phone here <laughs> to the producer. So, yes, but it's hard to argue with Andy because 
you know, you, you kind of can't. And um, there was a few other situations that I kind of wanted to clear up, but they weren't, like, I wasn't really able to. So that was a little frustrating. And also it was like, I think I was like eight and a half months pregnant and it was two o'clock in the morning in Sydney and I'd been hair and makeup for like three hours. So I was a bit like, if I'm getting up eight and a half months pregnant, can we at least get our facts straight, you know? Did you feel more upset after that? Or like, let me try to set the record straight. Like, I know you kind of have spoken out about it, but was that... Like, did you feel closure after the reunion or you're like, oh my God, this just kind of opened up more? Because I watched the reunion. Yeah, I think to be honest with you, I'd already kind of come to peace with it. And I feel like the the most important thing for me was like that I'm okay, that my friends and family know the truth, that my partner does. Like, because, you know, the other thing that sometimes people like forget is that Below deck is like my job, but then I have my real life. So like my partner has his parents and things like that that are seeing all this stuff. And, you know, it's very difficult, especially for, you know, like I guess the older generation to understand what we are doing in terms of like making a TV show. So some things aren't exactly as they were. And so I think it kind of just got to the stage where I'm like, I just need to know that I'm okay and my friends and family are okay and I'm just going to be okay with that, you know? That makes sense. Are you tired of talking about it with people like me who bring it up in interviews? <laughs> and do you feel that like it just, and we're going to move on because I got a lot of other things to talk to you about, but do you feel like this is just now part of my, you know, like I talk to housewives that haven't been on for 10 years and like, we can talk yeah. about all your new projects, honey. But of course we have to talk about when you were on yeah. Real Housewives. Do you feel this is well, just now part of your people are going to want to talk about this forever? Yeah. And I feel like the only reason we're chatting is because you know me from Below Deck Men. So it's obviously still going to be something that is of interest to people. And I feel like if you want to go, I'm never doing any press again, then you don't have to talk about it. But it's also like my responsibility when I do do things like this to just be fine with it because at the end of the day, that's why I have my public persona is because of Below Deck. And it's why I have a lot of things in my life. So it's funny, a lot of people go like, oh, do you regret it? I'm like, no, because the experiences that I had and what I can do now with my platform and everything and having my podcast and my company is possible because of Below Deck. So it would be very immature of me to be like, fuck Bravo, fuck Below Deck. I hate it all. I wish I hadn't done it because that's just being ungrateful for the opportunity that you were given, you know? And you don't think it'll ever come. And I'm not judging at all. Cause I mean, I don't think there was anything wrong with it, but like, will it ever come up like in, you know, the real world, like if you do decide to go back to yachting or take like a short-term job, is that just like not even a thing? No, I don't think I would ever take a short-term job on a yacht without cameras anyway. So it doesn't really bother me. You've moved on. Yeah. I take it there's, I mean, what, there's no love lost between you and Malia and Sandy, obviously. No, I just go like, I don't want any like communication, but I also like, sometimes it gets like a lot when you're getting, you know, like hundreds of DMs a week, like with the negativity, I just prefer to let it go, to be honest. It's, it was quite a while ago for me now as well, you know, and a lot's happened in life. Do you watch Below Deck? I mean, I know you watch a lot of the other Bravo shows. Do you watch Below Deck still? I do watch Below Deck. I couldn't obviously watch Below Deck Med this year, um, but Sailing, Caribbean, I'll watch Australia, I'll watch Adventure, so. I think the current season of Below, I honestly don't think Below Deck Med this past season was good anyway. I'm not just saying that because you're here. That's just, that's my opinion for yeah. real. I think Below Deck is good though now. I think this new crew yeah. is good. I'm, I'm really liking them. Yeah, no, me too. I, um, I, I love Eddie. He always makes me laugh. Um, and the new chief stew seems interesting. Um, I love the second Frasier. Um, and then, yeah, I can, yeah, I can tell the deck crew are going to get into a lot of trouble, which is always good to me. Is there a chief stew that you think, you know, including the current, you know, that did that you just have your eye on? Like if you were ever like, Oh, that's a great chief stew, like between like Katie and all the others that you've seen over the past. I really like Daisy. I think she's got a really good mix of, 
you know, the kind of TV, but the job side of things, you know? And it's just, it makes me laugh because it's so interesting when a new chief stew comes on because I see things and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, like I found it very interesting this with this season that's airing at the moment because like part of um, our job, especially when we join a boat is like to make sure that your people are doing their work properly. So for the first kind of two to three weeks of filming, every single time my stewardess would finish cabins, I would go and do cabin checks. And that's kind of part of the job. But because nobody kind of, there's no one to to call that, then it kind of went back onto Fraser. Whereas I was like, oh, that's interesting because, you know, a lot of like our job as chief stew is to make sure that you're, your stewardesses or stewards are doing their job correctly. So, um, you know, and I would have the camera follow me every single time. And then I would bring my stewardess down and go like, hey, great job with the cabins. Just make sure like you left, you know, a little garbage bag on this chase. Make sure that you put towels here, make sure this and that. And that's how they kind of get up to speed. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's interesting how different chief stews and different bosuns and, different captains run their boats in completely different ways. I think there, I think there's, this is going to just, as the season goes on, I think it's going to be great. And there's a lot that's going to happen between everyone. It's just, it's, it's yeah, a good no, me too. And that's what you want. Like, that's what I always used to laugh at. Like, cause it's, sorry, just kicking my table. Um, cause it's almost like even the viewers, you know, they would be like, she did this or she did this and rah, rah, rah. It's like, yeah, you don't want a perfect crew. If it's a perfect crew and everything runs perfectly, it's a boring fucking TV show. Yeah. So, like, you have to appreciate the craziness around it because that is what it is built for. The machine that is below deck is built so that things fuck up. If not, we'd come on the boat a week earlier and we'd know where everything is and, like, we'd have time to turn the boat around between charters. Like, it is a perfect storm but it's made that way to make good television so that people fuck up and make mistakes because that is part of the beauty of reality TV is you don't want things to go perfectly. You want the drama. Yeah. Well, talk to us about your podcast, Dear Reality, You're Effed. Where did you, where did you come up with this title? How did you decide to start a podcast? Tell me everything. I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. I'm in such a good mood because I just got my new rain jacket, t-shirts, and sweaters in the mail from Tentry. Not only are these products fashion forward, but they're earth friendly. Tentry sells lots of different products, including clothing, underwear, outerwear, activewear, and more. What I love is that not only are these fashion forward, like I said, but everything they make is manufactured ethically and from materials that are either sustainably sourced or recycled. Besides being sustainable, Tentry clothing is so soft and so comfortable. I'm already wearing these t-shirts like all day and all night. Listen, for every item purchased from Tentry, they plant 10 trees and this helps take carbon out of the air, replenish ecosystems, and it gives jobs to tree planters and communities around the world. Learn more about Tentry's planting mission and to grab some comfy, sustainable clothes, check out their website, www.tentry.com. And because you're listening to this podcast, use code VELVET to get 15% off your first order. That's www.tentry.com. 
B-E-N-T-R-E-E.com. Use code VELVET to get 15% off your first order. Have you ever been excited by that big sign free trial? You sign up and you don't even realize it's a subscription that renews without your consent. My life has changed since I discovered Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forget about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions so hard to cancel. Have you ever actually realized you were paying for a subscription and then tried to cancel it, you have to scroll around that website so many times, click so many buttons. Truebill makes it so simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash Velvet Rope. Go right now. Truebill.com slash Velvet Rope. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash velvet rope. Tis the most wonderful time of the year, but you know what? Your mouth gives a lot of action this time of year. It's talking to all of those relatives, all that food and drink that you're putting in it, karaoke parties, or perhaps a mistletoe makeout. Listen, give your mouth the gift of better oral care with Quip. This is why I love it. It's lightweight. It has a sleek design. There's no wires or bulky charger. It also has reusable handles and a range of sleek metal hues or as I prefer bright plastic colors, Quip has so many stocking stuffers as well. Refillable mouthwash, refillable gum, floss. If you go to getquip.com slash velvet right now, on top of their holiday savings, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free and up to 40% off bundles at getquip.com slash velvet. That's spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash Velvet. Quip, the good habits company. The holidays can be the most wonderful time of the year. Okay, I'll leave the singing to someone else. But if you're running an online store, you do know that it also can be the craziest time of the year. I was going through this with the Behind the Velvet Rope merchandise. I had all that to manage. I had so many orders to fill, and I had a growing list of stressed out listeners checking in twice a day, wondering where everything was. Well, I found ShipStation. The hassle of shipping out holiday orders and all of this merch has just melted away. Listen, if you sell anything online, I don't need to tell you that shipping can be super frustrating. There are so many carriers and a ton of factors that go into figuring out the best rate for each order. What I love about ShipStation also is you can easily import orders from every sales channel, Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or your own website. Also, ShipStation works with all major carriers, international and local, including FedEx, USPS, and UPS. Make this holiday season a little brighter with ShipStation. Use my offer code VELVET to get a 60-day free trial, just enough time to handle the holiday rush. Just go to ShipStation station.com click on the microphone at the top and enter code velvet ship station make ship happen well i know what you guys were doing in the early 2000s it's the same thing i was doing millions of households across the world turned into watch contestants battle for the last rose or to be the final survivor on an island reality tv at this time was beginning to dominate the airwaves and every show needed to be bigger flashier, and more scandalous than the last. But in the case of one infamous dating show, the real drama was happening off screen. The reality TV series, There's Something About Miriam, seemed like a pretty standard dating competition. Six young men vied for the affection of Miriam Rivera, a beautiful model from Mexico. But when Miriam revealed that she was a trans woman during the show's finale, the on-screen drama sparked an international uproar about gender, sexuality, and whether we Reality television had gone too far. Wondery's new podcast miniseries, Harsh Reality, the story of Miriam Rivera, reveals what happened behind the scenes on how a multi-million dollar lawsuit and media fallout changed reality TV forever. Follow Harsh Reality, the story of Miriam Rivera on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or you can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app. So it was basically, um, you know, around the same time as I was getting fired on television and I just kind of went I like absolutely love and adore the people that um you know that follow me on socials the fans of the show um 
And it was kind of a way to stay in touch with them and for them to stay in touch with me in a way where I wasn't obviously on television. So the whole thing kind of started because when we moved into our old house, I found um, one of my childhood diaries and it was like a fucking 13-year-old devil had written it. It was so bad. I was was reading it to the girlfriends, uh, to my girlfriends who were helping me and they were laughing so hard. Um, So it started as Dear Diary, Your F, which was like my childhood kind of diaries, um, which was hilarious. But then it kind of developed into Dear Reality, Your F, because I just... Um, I wanted to kind of like, I love reality TV and I watch it regardless of whether I do, you know, a podcast or whether I'm on it or whatever. So I kind of find that people that are on reality TV are on there because they're quite interesting people. They've been cast for a specific reason. So I started kind of doing guests and then it slowly morphed into more of me catching up with, reality TV personalities and hearing their stories and I feel like because I did it for five years of my life there they open up to me in a way and we can relate to each other in a way that um, some kind of podcast host wouldn't be able to so it's just yeah it's just like a really fun thing to do from home Um, and like I said I feel like I'm kind of a better mother when I have like a little you know some purpose in my life and some structure so it's um yeah it's just a lot of fun do you have a favorite like bravo or reality show that you're watching now i saw you tweet about mary cosby the other day on twitter (laughs) i saw you say something that she's the person that you never call and then you never call her again something i would never call her back she's horrible (laughs) no well it was funny actually because last night um that we have like our cable here, but they don't air the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So I kind of watched the reunion from last season. And then I started watching this season because of Jen Shah's arrest. And uh, so I just watched that episode last night. So that's obviously really interesting, but my favorite kind of housewife franchise is definitely Potomac. I just think they're fucking amazing. And I'm so glad that they're finally getting the credit they deserve. I feel like They've been bringing it since season one and now people are starting to kind of realize how good they are. They're in the game. Like I I think after last season, it was like, okay, Potomac is here. Like I've had Giselle on my show and I mean, I've even asked her, I said like, you understand, like you never got the respect and she was like, I get it. And we do now. I mean, I I agree with you. Potomac was so good again this season. It was such a good season. I know. Are you up on that? What do you think of Wendy? I have such mixed feelings. I have such, what do you feel about Wendy? I liked her last season and I'm not a fan this season. Like, it just feels like she, I don't know. I feel like it's like a massive autocorrection, but she's almost done like a full 180 to like too extreme or something. Like something changed. It's like she read the book on how to be a housewife and now it's like game on, which you don't really need to do all that, you know? Well, no, because I feel like with reality stars, you want them authentic. So, but like, look, there's like a lot of housewives that have lasted year after year after year after year that aren't massive controversial in your face, like crazy housewives because you need a mix to keep the group together. And I feel like in season one, she was uh, like her first season, sorry. She was a really nice um, like palate cleanser between the women. And now I don't know, especially the reunion. I was like, what is this constant look on your face? Like, well, next week she brings out that huge text that she printed out. I don't know if you saw like, I'm like, that's what I mean is it's like, so housewives bring receipts and you've just, it's like, she's read the handbook and then tried to, go like to one up the handbook of how to be a housewife. Yeah. And it's just not working. What do you think of, well, what did you think of Beverly Hills this past season? Like, did you just love it? Like, could you not get enough of the whole Erica? I, I really enjoyed it, but I was getting really frustrated because I feel like, I don't know. It's like Erica has some sort of like 
power with these women and she goes so hard and so quick it's like whiplash and it's like they've been in a car accident and they've got jerked and then they can't quite get their words together or go like hey I called you a liar because you've been caught in 15 fucking lies like there's a reason I just want her to go and spend one night with the fucking Atlanta women or the New York women and then they can come bring all their questions and then we can like put it to bed. That's what I said. I'm like Potomac or Jersey. I'm like, Erica needs to be dropped in Jersey or Potomac for just one episode and she will get yep. the shit kicked out of her. It's like, yeah, it was, especially at the reunion, like everybody was afraid of her. You're like, this just, why? But she even seemed to manage to hoodwink Andy a bit. Because I was well, like, the reunion, there's no way she'll be able to twist and turn and like, she's you managed to kind of squirm out of it. Well, my whole thing was like, Andy's basically come after Mia and Candace at this Potomac reunion and basically told them they're disasters on social media. Did you think of maybe bringing that up to Erica? I mean, he kind of did, but not really. I feel like Andy was kind of like, gives it to the Potomac and like you're backing down from Erica. That's that's what I thought. Yeah. Like, talk but about I a disaster. Like everyone does. Yeah. Interesting. It's strange. Do you watch shows outside of like selling sunset? Like, do you have like Netflix, like that type of reality? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Netflix, so I, of course. I love selling sunset. Um, our the first best lockdown. Show. Yeah, we got addicted really badly. We'd never seen 90 Day Fiance before. Um, and we went into lockdown and I was pregnant. So it was like, I don't know, we watched something like nine seasons. And those episodes are like an hour and a half long or something without ads. And um, we like got through like nine seasons in about four or five months. It was disgusting, but so good. It will, it will like drag you in. Do you have a favorite guest that like that you've had on your show? And like, who's like on your wish list now that you're doing interviews? Like if you could interview anyone. So um, do you know Savage Garden? now no so they were a massive pop band um over here in australia in the 90s so i had him on and he's a massive fan of mine and i am a massive fan of his so i kind of was just sitting there like oh my god oh my god like i used to see you when i was 12 this is crazy so isn't that great like when you have right like when you have like i've had like actors and actresses where i'm just like i have to tell you at the end like i'm such a fan of yours yeah yeah um, and in terms of wish lists, no, like, to be honest with you, I love chatting with, like, I find it, I had um, uh, Dave who wrote uh, Rosé and um, It's Not All Diamonds and Rosé. The Housewife, so, yeah. Yeah, that was really interesting. Um, and I have, uh, like, I love talking to, like, Bravo celebrities, but then I really like talking to people who've been um, kind of on the, behind the scenes like publicists and things like that because they've always got the best stories so they do have the best stories like what's the most egregious thing you saw when you were on below deck like from behind the scenes like with a producer I mean like you always hear stories yeah well it was a lot more chilled out like in terms of like we got away with a lot more in the first season um and then, yeah, as the, the bigger the show got, the kind of stricter it all got. So I've definitely got a lot of stories from this little island, Naxos, in the Greek islands when we filmed season one. Um, but, yeah, I think it was definitely interesting, think, like, realising what they leave out. Um, and mostly it's because, you know, there are certain characters and things like that that they can't villainize too much. Um so that was, yeah, that was probably, that's very interesting as well. Do a lot of people that come to your course to learn about actual life on yachts, do they all want to talk about Below Deck? No, do you know what? It's actually really nice because we've kind of, with, you know, with our bronze course, for example, that's kind of teaching you the who, what, why, when, where, how of the yachting industry, how to get into it, the seasons. So it's like something you could take, uh, if you wanted to learn more about yachting and wanted to see if you wanted to work on boats. But with our silver course, it's like very in-depth. It teaches you about the actual job itself. We have like monthly Zoom calls with our students. 
we do like we help them with their CV with contacts. So it's like by the time you get to the silver course where you're actually chatting with me, then you need to have invested like a certain amount of time and energy and money to, to be at that stage. So the people that get there are actually quite serious about joining the yachting industry. So the only thing they ask, I guess, is like, what's the difference between what we see on the TV with Below Deck and the actual reality of yachting? So Right. Like someone's not going to go through the whole bronze just to say hi to Hannah from below. No. <laughs> These people want like a real job and like a real connection. Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of, to be honest with you, that's something I was a little bit worried about at the start. Cause I was like, I don't want to be sitting on these zoom calls with people just asking me questions about like, Oh my God, did it annoy you when she didn't answer a radio or, you know, that sort of stuff. It was like, I want to help people who really want to work in yachting and that's what's happened. So it's great. What do you think is like the biggest misconception about the yachting industry from people who watch Below Deck? Um, probably like how fast paced it is because the charters that we do on Below Deck are two nights. Right. So you kind of see like two nights, night out, two nights, night out, two nights, night out. And that's not how it works. Like I was on a boat once and we were on charter for four and a half months straight. Wow. So apart from like, a cheeky glass of wine when you were out provisioning there was no nights out there was no you know of that kind of crazy fun sort of side so um obviously each boat's different but there is some private boats where the owner will come on for the whole summer so probably all the drinking and the jacuzzi use and drinking all the alcohol at the bar is the, um, the biggest difference and what about how i mean i've spoken to a lot of people who have been on blow deck and just are in the yawning industry what about you know, like people that end up hooking up or dating actual charter guests after, like, is that really, because I've heard such mixed things. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that it would happen. Yeah, it definitely happens. Um, But yeah, I guess it's kind of hard. There's a a lot as well of, um, so do you remember the first season of Sailing with Sierra and Pageant? Yeah. So there's a lot of that in yachting where it's like people who've actually been together for two years and they work on the same boat and they have that relationship. So it's probably not as much like this person hooks up with this person today and then this is tomorrow and then this is the next day. So I think that's more like below deck land. Have you ever been starstruck where you just had someone on a charter that was, you know, like Beyonce or Jay-Z or someone like uber famous? No. So before Below Deck, um, primarily you can work on private or charter. And I always worked for, um, on private for Russians, basically, before Below Deck. So I've seen it all, but I've not seen the famous people. <laughs> so, because I've heard so many stories about that too, you know? Yeah what what is next for you motherhood podcast wedding tell us what else you have going on yeah so um just concentrating on ocean international at the moment I'm still loving really loving being part of that um the podcast we've got um we're just settling into the new house as you can see it's a little bit crazy I said to Josh the other day I said it's kind of funny when you you go from renting because when you move in somewhere when you're renting you kind of just put things away and make it work. Whereas when you own, you want things to actually be in their correct places and a bit of organization. Totally. Concentrating on that. And um, yeah, it's, I managed to stay pretty busy between those things. That's, you have a lot going on. What do you love best about being a podcast host from one host to another? Like, do you just love hearing people's stories? Like, what is it that you love the best? Yeah, no, I really do. So it was so funny. I um I got Josh to come on a podcast with me, like and do a podcast with me. I think it I was saw like, that. Oh, it was the worst. It was like ripping fucking teeth. And you realize that like people who are not in that industry, like I'm like, oh my gosh, so how's fatherhood going? He's like, good. I hate I'm that. Like, I- I've had yes. to- you could never tell, right? Like I have guests where I'm like, this person is going to be amazing. And then they're horrible. And then other people, we were like, oh, do I have to speak to this person? You're like, they were the best ever, right? Like you just sometimes yeah. can't tell. 
Yeah. Well, that's the thing is he just like, it was these one word answers. And I was like, this is like ripping teeth. And so many people had requested, they're like, get yeah, Josh on your podcast. And I was like, God, I did it for you fuckers, but I'm never doing it again. <laughs> you're like, just go see him on the Instagram. Like that's all you're going to see. Yeah. So no, I love hearing, you know, it's also such a good way as well. Like for like 11 years, all I did was travel the world. So I'm so used to knowing kind of what's going on in all different countries around the world. So the podcast is great because I'm chatting to people all over the world and I get to like keep up with world events in terms of, you know, obviously it's not like the war on Afghanistan or things like that. We kind of keep it pretty light on my podcast, but it's just nice to hear how other countries are going. And especially during COVID, it was such a great way to keep in touch with the world, you know? I agree. Do you keep in touch or like, you know, you didn't really work with them, but like Captain Lee, like Kate Chastain, like, do you hear from them a lot? So yeah, no, Lee is, it's actually Lee's birthday today. Happy birthday, Lee. It's the same day as my dad. Um, so yeah, I love Lee. Um, I keep in touch with like Eddie uh, and that's about it. And then obviously a few people from my season. We love Eddie. Yeah, he's the sweetheart. We like seeing Eddie back. Any thoughts on any of the other housewives? Are you excited before we go? Are you excited for like Heather Dubrow to come back to the OC? Are you upset that New York is off and may not come back? I don't know. I don't know how that's. I think New York needs a breather, to be honest. I feel like it was getting very toxic. I mean, they're saying 2023 at the earliest, which. Wow. I kind of make sense. Like if you're not going to film until 2022, like that kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, I look, this is not a popular opinion, but I kind of think that, you know, they need to get rid of some of those OGs on uh, New York. It's just getting stale. And it's kind of like that, that older obnoxious white woman with heaps of money is just a little bit dumb. And it's, I, I, I live in New York. It's not New York. There's a lot going yeah. on there. That's, I feel like there's like so many, like New York, you're like, okay, say for example, in a smaller place like Potomac, like you have this amazing cast and you got them out of Potomac in DC. Like New York, it's fucking New York. You have like a smorgasbord of amazing, fabulous, successful, independent, educated women. And like, we're still going with fucking Ramona, really? Like, would would Ramona be your first to go out of those three? I mean, we only have three yeah. OGs. Yeah, I'm not. I just think she's. I don't know. She's just a bit rude. Did you ever? Who have you met like through the Bravo celebrity world that you were just like, this person's great? And who have you met that you were like, this person's not so great? <laughs> um. So I, I, I only met Ramona very quickly in a restaurant and she was exactly how I thought she would be. Um, in term, I, I was out in West Hollywood for a night with Tom Sandoval, who was uh, a sweetheart, just such a nice guy. Um, I love Mercedes from Shars. I just interviewed her this morning. She's a sweetheart as well. She's awesome. Um, oh, Sheena from Vanderpump. She's like not what you would think she is from like watching the show. She's actually just very lovely and down to earth and just a nice chilled out, good human being. I totally agree about Sheena. Yeah. I really, I've got a lot of smart and like nice and just so generous. And so sweet. I was shocked with Sheena myself. Totally. Yeah. So, um, and I, gosh, I'm, my brain is just, did did oh. Ramona? Yeah. Oh no, sorry. Um, Stephanie from the Housewives of Dallas. She is like the loveliest human being in the world. She's a sweetie. Um, yeah. What did, were you gonna say? Did Ramona even understand that you were on Bravo? That you were on a show no. called Bravo? Right. I I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. You you weren't a housewife, and you know. Therefore, <laughs> she had no idea of what you were talking about. Yeah. No. Even though you know, Below Deck was is one of the highest rated shows on Bravo. Yeah, I, yeah, I think the head's in the clouds most of the time. 
anything else you want to leave us with? Everyone needs to check out your podcast, Dear Reality. You're after it's great. I thought the episode with Josh was fun. I I liked it. Oh, Josh is lovely, yes. isn't he? Do you know him from New York? Have you met him? No, no. No, right. he's oh, do you mean Josh? My Josh? Yes, yeah. You're oh, Josh. Sorry. I just had another Josh from New York on a few. Oh, weeks really? Ago. Yeah. Which Josh? No, I, I I thought your Josh was, I thought it was cute. <laughs> I thought it was cute. Adorable. I liked it. You know, you know the people, you know everyone's gonna want you to have him back on. He just needs to come up with a little bit more, you know, jazz and some stories or something. Right. You're like, you got to talk. The one word yeah. answers are the absolute worst. But They are. Because like, you're just like, I was like looking at the clock and I was like, oh my God, what do you mean we're 12 minutes in? It feels like I've been interviewing you for a year. Like your Mercedes chat will be great because Mercedes is amazing. Yeah. Where can everyone find you online who wants to check out your podcast and follow you and everything else? Yeah, of course. So it's Hannah Ferrier 234 on Instagram, Hannah Ferrier underscore at Twitter, at Hannah's podcast on all socials for the podcast. And then obviously we've got Ocean International Training Academy, um, which is, yeah, if you guys are interested in working on yachts. Listen, you and Anastasia, I don't know who else they would go to, and you have to tell Anastasia, I say, hello. I will. I saw her the last time she was in New York. Thank you for doing this. It was great catching up. Love the podcast and Thanks. come back anytime you would like. Thank you so much, David. It was lovely to chat. You too. Take care. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones. And the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.